Hey you, my entrepreneurial friend. Of 10 years of running my coaching business, I am going to finally teach business. And of course, I'm going to teach business with human design. Because the thing that I've discovered over the last decade is that the way everyone else taught me to run a business didn't freaking work for me. So over this last decade, to create a multiple seven-figure business, I've broken all the rules. I have done everything my way. I have looked experts in the face and downright said no, all to create something I love with greater ease and flow that literally is changing the world. And the best part is it doesn't feel like work at all. It feels like I get to hang out with my best friends and I am having a huge impact on the planet at the same time. So if you own a business that you want to finally maybe start, grow, or even scale, then come and join me on the 9th of May to discover how your human design can create the most beautiful, authentic success for you. For all the details, follow the link in the show notes. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Human Design Podcast with me, your host, Emma Dunwoody. I'm a qualified master coach and human behavior specialist, as well as being a qualified human design coach. And I work with clients every single day to answer the big questions. Who am I? Why am I here? And what is my purpose? I also assist them to transition from the person they think they should be to the person they really are on the inside. I teach people how to actually live their design instead of just knowing it. And if this is something that you want to do too, well, stay tuned or reach out for private coaching or human design unpacks where I show you exactly how to live your design. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. Now, I've got someone pretty freaking awesome coming up, so stay tuned. But before we jump into the episode today, I want to share with you the mastermind. I know you've heard me talk about the um, eight incredible humans who have just finished up this last week. And it was such an incredible experience, not just for me, but for them as well. And the depth in which they got to learn and even more than that, implement their human design is off the charts. And very soon on this very podcast, they're going to share their stories with you. Now, if you are obsessed with human design as I am, and you're either keen to do it in your business, you want to unpack your own human design and absolutely live in more flow and create success, well-being, better relationships, more money, and all of those cool things, then this is the opportunity for you. Because it's now time that we're enrolling the next team, the next crew for the mastermind. And this time we're running one that suits America. So there's going to be a time that suits the US and there's going to be a time that suits the Europe, suits Europe as well. So we're going to be running two teams, which is so freaking exciting. Now, if you have been waiting to join, please do not wait any longer. Um, there is a bonus running at the moment for you if you sign up by Friday to get some extra bonus time with me, one-on-one coaching you with human design, and there's bonus time with Justin. Now, that is for being able to implement or set up human design within your business, the back-end stuff. He can help you with that. 
So to find out more, go to the link in the show notes, sign up for the free video course, um, Become Your Own Guru, and that will give you the opportunity to apply. If you just want to skip all of that, DM me. Let me know because we have people already, seats are already taken, people are already signing up and it's going to be the most incredible, fun, knowledgeable, awesome experience. So looking forward to seeing you on the other side. Thanks everyone and enjoy the rest of the episode. Hey, hey everyone and welcome to today's podcast. Now today I've got someone that I find incredibly inspiring on the podcast And someone who I believe is, you know, one of these courageous and vulnerable humans that has the bravery to share their story so that they can empower others to really connect to who they are and why they're here. So everyone, I would love to welcome Caroline Groth to the podcast. Hey, Caroline. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. You are so, so welcome. And before we get into your story, do you just want to share with the people a little bit? I know I've come across you on Instagram and mm. just love watching your day-to-day stories, but it's also, there's so much value on that website of yours. So can you just share a little bit with the listeners? Mm. You know, what do you do? Who are you? Yeah, sure. So I am 30 years old. God, I'm turning 31 this year. I've finally entered like a new decade. <laughs> which it was really scary to begin with, but now I already feel like it has just brought so much positive change. So I'm really stoked to just embrace my 30s, to be honest, which I never thought I'd say. So I'm 30. I live in Bondi Beach and I have lived here for about 10 years in October in Australia. I'm originally from Denmark. I moved down here when I was just 20 years old with a one-way ticket and 20 kilos of luggage. (laughs) 20 years later, I'm still here, but um maybe we'll get into that later on but it was we will we like, will you know, people ask me why I moved and I'm like when I was younger I didn't know but the older I get the more I'm realizing that that was the first spark of following this feeling of my true self and like where I felt like I needed to go um so yeah I moved down here and like now I live in Bondi with my with my partner and my little doggy which I love and I'm such a home buddy like I love being home and I love decorating my home and and I work for myself as well so I've sort of been a sole trader for about oh three or four years now and prior to that I've also like yourself had a corporate career for before I started working for myself for probably about 12 or 13 years I have always been very, um, I always wanted to have a career and I always knew what I wanted to do. So straight from, you know, from school to school to school to working jobs in between schools as well. So I was very career focused from a very young age and I got really far in my career and very high up, but um, something else started like trickling into my life of, you know, just asking if this was actually really who I was and what I wanted out of my life. And the more I tended to find myself, the more the corporate career just didn't didn't resonate with me anymore. So, yeah, that's me. And so at the moment what I'm doing, I find it so hard to answer that question when people ask me because I have always been this type of person that doesn't just do one thing because it it bores me to do one thing. So I'll always have like 100 projects going at once, which, I mean, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I 
yeah, so I work for myself. My main focus is my Instagram and my website. Um, I'm a qualified um, and certified health coach as well. And I work with different brands on promoting them, uh, mainly in the sort of health and wellness industry, a bit in sort of like natural beauty. But my main focus is actually just trying to share my voice and my experience and my journey with my following to in the hope of that something resonates with someone and I can potentially help someone change their life or get closer to finding themselves or living a happier, better life, taking care of themselves, body, mind and soul. So I'm still also trying to navigate my life in the sense of like how that looks like. So um, at the moment, I'm just trying to like stay as open as possible to um, what my path looks like and where, like where it's going and really not like, grasping onto like a certain path and just like letting things unfold for me so that's a little bit about me yeah yeah I I love that and literally um for my listeners they know that one of my one of my superpowers is my patterns and I can like hear so many patterns in your human design so is it cool if I share a bit about your design so the listeners know as well beautiful so for everyone listening, Caroline is a generator, a generator, a 6-2 generator um, with a sacral uh, authority, but she also has a defined spleen. Now, the cool things that I heard in what you said, right, so the line six, uh, Caroline, is the, the role model, okay? Now, the role model lives a life that has three very distinct um, uh, you know, sections to it. There's a better word for that, but don't know what that is right now. Um, and the zero to 30 is really paramount. Like you operate in this world and I've actually read it on your uh, website that you said sometimes life felt more challenging for you than it did for others. It seemed for others. And this is a classic line six thing up until the age of 30, because you operate from a human design point of view for those listeners, um, out there you you operate like a line three now a line three is this energy of i don't i don't know and i don't learn until i experience so my my role in the world is i have to experience these things the good the bad and the ugly and everything in between it's this energy of having to be in the trenches um i'm a line three and had the same thing like very challenging like i felt like life kind of hit me in the face Mm. a lot and how I learnt my lessons was very much through scuffing my knees, falling down, getting up and working out, right, I'm not going to do that again. Um, Does that resonate with you? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I mean, I've got an older sister who's only two and a half years older than me and not that she hasn't, you know, had hard episodes in her life, but it's funny, like, putting ourselves or, like, her and I next to each other, we are, like, night and day, but we're sisters, but we are so completely different And even to like what you're saying now, it's like I always felt like, you know, almost like this sort of burden for my parents as well. There was always something wrong with me, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always have to be the child that was like the difficult child. Like I would always get hurt or I would always break something or, (laughs) you know, always that one that was like stuff was just happening to me. And like my sister seemed to just sort of like float a bit more like balanced through life. Yeah, so the really the beauty of this and the gift in this, and I'm sure we're going to get to this because mm-hmm. you've had this sort of a journey, but the gift in this childhood is that you're actually working out what doesn't work. Yeah. You're creating, you're creating um, and you will be becoming even more wise about all of these things as you get older. Um, 
but the really interesting thing about that line six and the first 30 years is that you, unless you are, and this is the same for line three, unless you are taught that there's no such thing as failure, unless you are taught that you're either winning or learning, um, that you're here to, to experience life as trial and error, it can be very, very challenging for that human. Yeah. Um, I know it was for me because I was raised in a home, like I love my parents. They were doing the best job they knew how to do. They're freaking awesome. But mum's a perfectionist. I went to private school. There were incredibly high standards. And I was diagnosed really young with dyslexia. So there was this big like, oh, God, I can't do this. <laughs> um, so... And even in your, your incarnation cross, which is this part of our human design that talks about, um, I call it like our goalposts. Uh, other people will talk about it as your purpose. And I don't kind of like that. I kind of feel like our purpose can shift and move. But your goalposts is really about, it's actually called the, um, the cross of limitation, but it's actually about understanding limitations, being able to communicate about limitations. Um, it's this ability to um, experience fear, you know, and know the difference between, and you even said it, the light and dark. Yeah. Um, does that resonate with you? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think so. Like you're spot on with those things, yeah. Yeah. So what I want to say also, and I love you, said so two other things that I really want to uh, touch on is 30, that 30's changed for you. Yeah. And I like this is this is going to be a, an incredible. The next, well, then by the time you're fifty, people will be like, "Oh my God, Caroline, oh Yoda, please come help and support us," <laughs> you know. And from the line six I've heard from and people I've studied with, like the next um, twenty years, my husband's also a six two. Right. Um, you're moving into a time where your body will heal itself. Mm -hmm. Your um, your wisdom is starting to be created. You're going to feel like someone's taken the pressure off. Like, is that already starting to feel like it resonates? Yeah, I think so. And and it really sort of, it came really suddenly. It wasn't like this gradual sort of like, I almost felt like, I don't know, I just almost felt like I was hit in the face with like a chair and then like the next day I just felt like really different. And like yeah. I've heard from friends that some have the same experience where they just feel like one day they just wake up and something within them just feels different. Yeah. And other people will say it's like a gradual sort of feeling that's like building. But for me, in I turned 30 in October 2019. So in the beginning of this year in January, in the start of January, I just felt this need to start, really stop making excuses for myself and really genuinely start moving towards my true self. And that came with stop lying to myself and actually really be honest with where I was at in life. And that meant that I almost needed to, be like a bit tough love with myself and and tell myself that is this actually true or are you just making up a story in your head about what it is because that's going to make you feel better and it's going to make what you're doing okay because I was nestled into like this little comfort zone blanket especially around my eating and like my eating disorder that I was like no I've got it under control and this and this and this and then I really got real with myself and I was like and it's I don't want to swear, but I'm like, it's fucking hard. Like it's yeah. hard because, you, yeah. you know, that is the disorder as well. It's like it's making up these stories and it's spinning these web of lies in your head where it's like 
you're not as bad as you used to be, but you're a lot better, but you're still not out of it. Mm. And so for me, I've spun this story in my head that I was like, I'm fine, like I'm over it. And then it really took me this, I don't know, this change in my life and like maybe even coming into my 30s and like obviously all the years of work that I've been doing, like that has been building up to this point was that I was like, I'm not fucking being honest with myself and I'm still restricting and I'm still doing all these things. Like, and if I ever want to feel this true happiness that I also speak about, I've got to do the work myself for myself before I'm so busy trying to help other people because I can't help other people or be there for other people. If I'm not, not fixing myself, but if I'm not healing my own wounds and my own trauma, I can't show up as the true self that I am and be original and authentic in like how I'm showing up in life. And so to be honest, like the last, what are we in now, June, like the last half year for me has really just been like focusing on me. But that is the first time I've ever done that in 30 years, you know? So what's six months out of like 30 years, you know, like it's nothing in the grand scheme of things. So yeah, it was like a real shift that I had like coming into my 30s and I think both like stepping into my 30s and then the combined work of all the years that I've done just really came to fruition in the beginning of of 2020 and like this new decade and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's incredible. Like I love that you even said like what six months in 30 years, but isn't it amazing that we're so conditioned to not even put ourselves first, you yeah, know? Um and that in itself is a massive challenge, you know, being told that we have to do the inner work, but exactly like so many people do the inner work exactly the same way you do. Well, let's go serve other people first. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll get to me later. Yeah. So tell me about like what was, I love that you said I had to stop lying to myself. I had to come clean. Like what was the moment? Like what was the moment that you went, all right, this is the story. It's not true. Tell me a bit about that. Yeah, I think I was just so fed up with, I really got to a point in my life where I was so fed up with this story being my life instead of me actually living my own life. It was, but it was controlling all areas of my life. You know, it wasn't me actually going out and doing things. It was this story that was planning my life and like how my days were looking like, because I had to fit into the story. It wasn't the other way around. And so I just got to a point where I was like, I'm not fucking doing this anymore. Like I am not doing this anymore. And I also started thinking to myself, you know, like when you're younger, you're like, I've got enough time. Like I'm so young. And then I feel like the older you get, the quicker time just passes you by. Right. And so mm-hmm. now I'm 30 and part of me sometimes can definitely get into this story in my head about the future and being like, oh, shit, like I'm 30. Like I haven't even sorted out my life yet. <laughs> you know, I'm getting older and time is going by so quickly. What am I doing with my life? And so I just knew for myself that the last 10 years of like how I'd spend my life and how I treated myself in particular was not something that I wanted to spend another 10 years on again because then I suppose it's a little bit the same as your story of like being diagnosed with depression where they say you just got to live with it for the rest of your life. That to me, and I said to my partner, especially overcoming an eating disorder, I said, if I don't break free from the addiction of 
the eating and being thin and looking a certain way and that being my life, well, then honestly, I'd rather not live. And I know that's like really rough to say. And, you know, I'm not in any way thinking about, you know, ending my life or anything, but I'm just saying for me, that just wasn't an option. And so for me, there was only the option of getting better and really once and for all, get rid of this story, get rid of all these expectations that I put around myself of like how I needed to look, how much I needed to weigh, this perfectionism that I'd been telling myself all life that I needed to live up to, I just really had to let go of and then almost like rebirth myself in some sort of way of like who I truly am without this shell and then finding the balance of life of where it's like we still live a human life. So how do you find a balance of still taking care of yourself? Because I also don't think there's anything wrong with me wanting to look nice and want to get my hair done, you know, but there's a fine balance of knowing that it doesn't make me more worthy because I've got long hair and I wear a size six instead of wearing a size eight, 10, 12, whatever, you know? So that for me was like really this like breaking free of all this shit that I just accumulated over like, especially the last 10 years, like lots of shedding of trauma and just really learning how to be myself and be with myself as well without trying to fix a numb or anything. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. And it's just spot on, you know, like my husband and I um, were having a conversation this morning, actually. And um, he was out with a friend until three o'clock this morning, (laughs) taking photos of the stars. No. And, you know, we were having this, we were having this joke, like, um, back in the days when we used to drink, I'd be worried when he was out late, but like, I just know he's nerding it up with his mate, you know, (laughs) up near Palm Beach, taking some photos. Um, and they came across a guy there who was on his, it was his 18th birthday mm-hmm. and he had this flashy lens and he had photos of like entire galaxies and stuff. And Justin and I were having this conversation. We we're like, isn't that beautiful? <coughs> this guy at the age of 18, he knows who he is. He knows what he wants. And it just had this, like I had this flooding awareness, this flooding consciousness that we all go out at this age and we go and we drink too much and we get into all sorts of things and, you know, it is a form of conditioning. Like if we don't do this, then we will feel left out. And for me, and I love your story because it's that moment that you're like, oh, hang on a second. I'm living up to what other people think I should be, do, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing that um, is really sad about that is we end up identifying with other people's standards, expectations, beliefs, and then they become our own. And that's where we get tripped up. That's where we find ourselves, you know, waking up one day going, oh, my God how did I get here? This isn't who I am. Um, And it, you know, it's brilliant that you've actually addressed this, learned this, gone through this at such a young age, because there's a lot of people that don't go through this until they're 40. Like often they get tapped on the the shoulder about 40 and then at 50, they're still trying to work this stuff out. Yeah. So, you know, like in a lot of cases, you're very much ahead of the game. And what I'd really love you to share, because it's this thing, Um, I know that I resonate an awful lot with your mental health story because as you say, like I, I have a very similar mental health story and it's been one of, I now talk about it now, it's one of the greatest gifts of my life because I wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't have that experience. And, you know, we can only experience the polarities, you know? So if, if I 
experience the lowest low, then that means that I'm gifted the highest high. Yes. yes. So I very much appreciate my journey and my journey has not been an easy one for my human design friends out there. We know I'm a three, five, it's been challenging, but I love my gifts. I love the gifts that the universe gives me and the person that I'm becoming because of that. Yeah. So I really want to hear a little bit about the mental health journey and specifically who were you before, like before the diagnosis or at the diagnosis? Um, and who have you become now because of that journey? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So before I was just, I think what a lot of people would just say, like we blame it on being like a teenager and, you know, like teenage behaviour, but then I question if it was just that, you know, or if it was just me being uh, not in myself and like running away and like then trying to blame it on being young. But I was just, I wasn't a very nice person. Like I was not a very nice person when I was younger. I was so hard on the outside, but really I was hurting so much on the inside, but um, I come from a great family. Like my parents are great, you know, just like you were saying, like, and I know, and I've also taught and learned, like I've taught myself this as well, especially coming into my adulthood is that I know that my parents only ever did the best they could with what they had available to them. And I've always had to remember that their learnings and how they act have also been passed down by generations to them. So, you know, I've got to keep that in mind when I play, when I was younger, I played this blame game of, well, you did this and you did this and this is why I'm so freaking screwed up because, you know, you didn't love me. But I also know that they loved me in their own way. And, you know, we all have different love languages and like how we also show up in life are very different and just because we don't understand how other people show up in life doesn't mean that it isn't good enough Mm. so my parents got divorced when I was really young probably about like nine or something and it just was such a huge trauma to me and again it's sort of funny when I was touching on the story with my sister before is that my sister also just didn't really seem to like she was like you know like it wasn't really a big thing for her but for me like I was like I was so depressed. I was so depressed when I was so young, like 10, 11, I started drinking when I was like 13. And then the love that I just, you know, my parents were there for me, but I think emotionally they just didn't have the capacity to show up for me. And so I've always felt like I was too hard to be shown up for and like I was too hard to love. And so I built this like really hard exterior and I tried to find my love through you know, drinking when I was really young, late on in life, like it became food, um, went through a lot of relationships, like really bad relationships when I was like really young because I was just searching for that love in anything and everyone instead of trying to give it to myself or finding it within. And so, yeah, that. Like I was just, I was not a happy girl. I was very sad. I was just, I had this darkness inside that I just never, ever felt was going to let go of me. And it was so lonely. And yeah, there was just so much heaviness every single day. You know, there would be weeks that I wouldn't get out of bed when I was a teenager. And yeah, it was just hard. And then 
on the other flip side, you know, of like experiencing such like damaging and like deep depths of darkness and pain and suffering and hurt. On the other side of that, now I have this appreciation for suffering and pain as well, because I know, like you say, it is showing me how good life and I can feel in myself as well. And now, especially because I've had some health issues here over the last few months with this Epstein-Barr virus, that has even been like a blessing in disguise. And that has now become my best friend because again, it has taught me to just dial things back to basic and just look for my body and for myself to heal within myself and utilize nature to help me heal, utilize where we're from and the energy and those that wisdom to heal myself. And that brings another layer of shedding all these addictions that we're filling ourselves with every single day, whether it's stress in life, whether it's work, whether it's exercise, whether it's drinking, whether it's food, whatever it is, caffeine, Instagram. Yeah, yeah, Instagram, you know, I have to be wary of that as well. It's like my job, right? And that has allowed me to just strip it back even more and be like, what am I without all these things? Like, And I really had to strip it back because it was either continue to do what I was doing and may end up with an autoimmune disease and forever be in pain and everything, or I would actually get really real with myself and just cut everything away and like focus on myself and give me my, give me the, the chance to like heal by myself. And so that brings another depth and like another layer of just really creating this clear connection with myself of like who I am and knowing that whenever I choose to return home to my true self, when I operate from what is authentic to me, that is when I, excel in life and when I feel purpose if you can say so purpose like love um happy good you know like all this sort of like the good things so yeah that's sort of like the 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 differences of like you know being so deep down in a depression and, and mental health and then on the other side you know yeah I love that I really love that and the thing that really Having had a, as I say, a similar story, um, you know, I had anxiety, depression, um, and like panic disorder. So panic disorder was like there was no differentiation between a panic attack and anxiety. It was just like this constant panic attack. Yeah. Um, and I remember that I'd done all of this work to try and heal it, right? And it was actually the best advice I'd ever got was befriend it. Mm. And from a behavioural point of view, I was like, oh, my God, why have I never thought of that before? Because we experience who we are, not what's out there, Mm. you know. And the world right now we're experiencing this is that if we are experiencing separation with inside of us, so I say or you say that me, anxiety, you, Epstein-Barr, that that thing is attacking me, no, that's you're saying that there is a separation within you. The moment that we choose to go, oh, my God, thank you, body. Thank you for finally bringing my attention to something that is out of alignment for me, that now I can do something about it. 
this is where we're taking full responsibility. We're staying in our power. It's not saying that we've done anything wrong or that we've controlled it or made it happen. It's like, okay, team, let's work this out. Let's work together to actually heal whatever's going on. And, you know, I, I think I even had this conversation with a friend this morning you know, the the most challenging thing that's going on in the world right now is separation. Mm. And that's separation within us, you know, like um, the moment we're pointing our fingers at at someone else, that someone else isn't doing it right, or we're judging, criticizing, um, separating, segregating, this is when we all fall apart. Mm. And we fall apart, not because it's falling apart out there, we're falling apart because it's falling apart in here. Mm. And I really love what you said about you know, the Epstein bar, that it's like, it is your friend, that it's guiding you and it's helping you because it is, it's ultimately your body. You know, um, I would assume that you're totally onto the medical medium stuff. Yeah, I love him. (laughs) Isn't he just awesome, you know? And I love what he says, you know, like, why would the body attack itself? That just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, And it's true, you know, um, everything within our energy, because human Human design is basically about our quantum, right? Our energy, our vibration, the radio signal that we put out there. And ultimately, it's the the things that we do to destabilize that vibration, to criticize, to judge, you know, like that beautiful story that you shared um, so courageously. Thank you about your childhood, you know, like putting all of, projecting everything that's going on inside of you onto your parents. Mm. Like I had exactly the same thing, you know, um, and realizing that, oh my goodness, I have to give myself that love first. And I have a story that I often share, especially with my one-on-one clients that like I picked up one of my favorite books ever that I will give to anyone and everyone is um, Louise Hayes, How to Heal Your Life, mm. right? So and in, Yeah. And in there, she has the mirror work, right? Yeah. Where you, you sit in front of the mirror and you say, I love you. It took me about four months to sit in front of a mirror and say, I love you. And that was for me, that was the moment that I'm like, how is this so hard? Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I think that this is what I hear in your journey is that you've, where you've come from was this total separation that how could anyone possibly love me because, you know, fill in all the belief systems that you had. Um, Whereas now the real change, the evidence is there in what I call the external clues are there that you see this as, you know, your running partner, like, okay, cool. Help guide me to where I need to go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're so right. I think, yeah, it's just, I think it's like this realization also that, and maybe sometimes I take it too far because I used to hate my own company and, you know, also when I would be alone, that would be my, my time where my eating disorder would really come out because there was nowhere to hide. There was no one to hide it from. But now it's like, I just love my own company. Like I love being by myself. I love doing good things for me. And, and sometimes maybe I can take it a bit too far because I won't see like friends for like a week or like during the weekdays because I'm so happy to just do my own thing and listen to my body and like really do things that feel good for me. And like, it feels really good also to take the foot off the pedal and, and not feel this need to catch up with this one and do this and they're going to run there and that, blah, blah, blah. you know, like it ends up becoming this stressor in your life, which I don't think that friendships should be or anything really, you know, if anything, I think the world could do with a lot less stress. And part of me is really hopeful that 
maybe this entire COVID situation is teaching people that it's okay to balance work and life and work isn't everything, especially not if that means sacrificing your own body, mind, spirit for that because then what do you become? You just become like a hamster in the hamster wheel in life and that's not what we're here for. I know that a lot of people that have never done any sort of work or like any deep dive into themselves of like who they truly are is of a very different opinion. But I am a firm believer in that the reason why we're here is not to spend our entire life working. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with creating something for themselves. And I want to create something for myself as well, but it's not on the base of that. I will let go of taking care of myself, taking care of my relationships having love in my life, you know, all these things that really makes it worth living. And I think a lot of people forget that because they don't find the balance in life. Like they either are super extreme to one end or the other because that I used to be that as well. There was no middle and I'm trying to find the balance in my life now between the two. Yeah. And the thing that I love about that is, is that people actually use both extremes and think that if they're at the at one extreme, then they're okay. Yep. And the truth is that if you are at an extreme, you're experiencing fear. The end. The end. Mm. Because um, when you feel really safe and really in yourself, then it is a balance. It's a flow. It's an yep. ebb. It's a flow. Um, and I totally agree with you. I think that COVID is a gift yeah. um, to teach people that there is so much more to life, you know. I'm very grateful to say that a lot of my my one-on-one clients are senior leaders and literally in the last week I've had them going, oh my God, I came to you because I wanted to move to a new job. And you know what? Look at my life. I have a new relationship. I have, yeah. you know, my job is great. I, I feel good. I've lost all this weight. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And it's this misconception um, and this this frame that we live in is that, when I get to this point, then I'll mm. be me. Then I'll give myself time. Then I'll... Duh, 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 duh. Yeah. But the thing is, is quantum physics says, and we are all energy, you know, where our focus goes, our energy flows. Like this is the observer effect. So if you're focusing on, well, I just need to hustle hard now, yeah. you're always going to be hustling hard. Yeah. You know, it's this, it's time for us all to understand that we can only experience who we are, not what we do, Mm. who we are. And that is the most important thing. So if we are trying to live up to some expectations, like whether it's as a friend, whether it's as a a parent, whether it's as an employee, whether it's as an entrepreneur or an influencer, like then we're missing the point Mm. because our life is not about living up to any expectations, not our own, not anybody else's. Um, life is really about one big massive experiment and we have the internal guidance of how that experiment is going at any moment. We're just so conditioned not to listen to it. Yeah. And I think this is what I love about your story is it's like, right, I'm letting go of all of this conditioning. I'm really listening to that internal guidance. You know, you said something in the beginning that the words you said, and it's also on your, your website that when you came to Australia, there was this spark. There was this spark that I just needed to go. And, you know, like that is the generator. That spark is your sacral saying, this is what I want. This is is what's intriguing to me, exciting to me. This is where I want to bring my life force. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's interesting that or it's curious that with the sort of health issues that that you challenge, that they are to do with 
your gut to do with digestion because you're a generator, like your life force that not only for you, for the entire planet comes from your sacral chakra. Like this is so paramount and important for you. And for you to really step into that energy, you have to listen to it. You know, you have to go, does this excite me? Does this feel good? Am I curious about it? And it sounds like you're totally on that journey to listening to that so much more. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think at least I'm trying a lot more now to give it the time and the day that it deserves and it needs to have as well to be heard. Mm -hmm. So I'm working towards it, you know, like at at the end of the day as well, I think one thing that I'm very, um, I'm very quick at also reiterating on my platform and to people is that I'm not, I'm not perfect. And I'm not saying that I'm doing my life perfectly. I'm just sharing what I'm doing. And just like you say, say as well for our journeys, it's about trial and error, right? We figure out what our path is by, failing which is not really mm-hmm. failing it's just learning you know we're exactly for us and what isn't for us and you know there's a lot of things that I've talked about before on our platforms whereas now it's like that just doesn't work for me anymore it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it but I think life ebb and flows and our bodies change as well through you know life like we're not always going to say the same thing and and what we've always done is not always going to work for us the same way so I also think it's important to you know, not have this tight grip on life and being like, this is the way that I need to go because then we are like the universe is bypassing us with like all these opportunities because we're like, no, not that, not that, not that. I just want this way, right? And I think that is especially the thing for perfectionists, like in people that are really structured is that it's not always a good thing because you're not allowing the universe to give you what you're actually searching for in some sort of way because you are so set on that you only want to get it if it's done in your way and I'm sorry to be like a buzzkiller but it very rarely happens the exact way that we want it to but it's when we let go and surrender to that what we really want for ourselves can show up in different ways and scenarios that it'll happen right 100% oh 100% and I couldn't agree with you more you know like this is totally, you know, the, the thing that is the game changer. Like the minute we let go, the minute we stop identifying with who we need to be, I totally agree. Like this is a journey, people. It's not like a suit you put on and then you wear it for the rest of your life. Like we're here, we're human, we're evolving. And I totally love that. And it's so on point. Like one of the things I'm doing at the moment, I'm super aware of time. I'll finish up in just oh, a second. No stress. Um, beautiful um is that i am playing around with my manifesting right so i'm i'm building that muscle i always talk about everything that we have is a muscle you know our focus is a muscle our spirituality is a muscle and it's our choice whether or not we build that muscle or the ego muscle which is the scary stories the stories we tell ourselves that stop us and so on and so forth and one of the things that i'm practicing at the moment is just really easy effortless manifesting because um i grew up thinking i was stupid that i couldn't understand things so of course my adult journey has been very academic it's very knowledgeable very intelligence based um so and that worked so well for a long time but now i'm like oh right i need to let go of this shit like i just need to be in the magic and chill out so 
very much this this new uh, manifesting game that I'm playing is just some random things every week, three random things, and just like and some of the really crazy things, and they just turn up. I'm like, yeah. wow, wow, and this is beautiful because I'm giving my brain evidence. See, yeah. see how easy it is. Yeah. But the thing I love about your story, and it reminds me of this. In week one, I had a friend of mine said, uh, "You need to manifest a white cat in a tree." And I'm like, okay, a white cat in a tree, that's easy. See it in the street, I'm going to see it on Instagram. And I was really sure how I was going to experience it, right? Yeah. And I said it on the Monday. I get to the Sunday and I'm like, where the, is the white cat in the goddamn tree, right? And we're out as a family, so we have two, um, two sons. So the four of us are out skateboarding. Going, you know, we get to the cafe. My husband picks up his skateboard and flips it over. And sure enough, there's a sticker with a palm tree and a rip and dip white cat sitting at the top of the tree. And I'm like, oh, there's the white cat in the tree. And instantly I think that is so not what I was expecting. Yeah. And interestingly, my husband, the comment, because I really do think the universe works through us. Yeah. The first thing my husband, Justin, said is, and isn't that funny? It was there all along. Uh, <laughs> and you go like I'm just like I hear you I hear you universe okay I'm oh, down incredible I love that but I really feel like that is life you know my ultimate goal is just to live in that magic and and more and more every day you know like mm. um, I've busted my ass to market my business and I just mm. don't do it anymore because people just turn up you know yeah. like um, I do what I love I share what I love I talk to people that fascinate and inspire me like you and I do what I love every day, but it's yeah. been a journey to get here. You yeah. know, there's been lots of suits that's yeah. been on and off this body, let me tell you. Really? So before I let you go, what I would love you just to leave us with is like if you could leave one thing for, you know, 20-somethings or 30-somethings or 40-somethings or 50-somethings um, that, you know, they're facing adversity right now. They're in a place of distrust of themselves yeah. um, like you were once upon a time. Um, what advice would you give them at this time? Mm. I think a big thing for me personally where I've really been able to create this clear connection to my true self is, of course, my practices of daily meditation comes in. Uh, Being in nature is like a really big thing for me. Like I really rarely miss walking down to the beach like I'm lucky that I live right by the beach but I really now the last two months I haven't you know missed one day where I haven't walked down and sat by the ocean or walked on the beach or something you know getting energy and life from the sun is a big thing for me but if I sort of take more like physicalities a big thing for me where I feel like I become more and more clear is really understanding what I consume and like what I put into my physical body. So, you know, I've really cut away these like little crutches and like these little sort of small addictions, like why am I having two coffees a day? Like, do I really need it? Like I haven't had coffee now for like a month and a half and I don't miss it one bit. Like I can't even tell you like the second day of of coffee, I just didn't even think about it. So I'm like, why am I doing this? What? Because I'm conditioning myself to thinking that I need this to do X, Y, and Z. Well, that's just a story that I'm telling myself, right? And mm. if you take the caffeine um, sort of thing, you can also apply that to other things in your life. So 
wow, I really thought that I needed to eat this way all the time. No, I don't really need to. That's another story that I created for myself. So for me, it was getting really honest with all these little things that had crept into my life again that was crutches and that I was using as excuses as to why I couldn't do the things that I really wanted to do. And so instead of helping me, they were inhibiting me to really be myself and continue to listen to myself. So a big thing for me that I would recommend people is start maybe trying to analyze your life a little bit and look into what are your crutches that you feel like you need and then reevaluate with yourself of, do you really need it? Or is that a story that you're spinning in your head that you need in order to do X, Y, and Z? And then it, it's not about um, limitation or depriving yourself from things. It's just about bringing more awareness to what we do in life and the things that we have around us. And, and even applying that approach to the people that we surround ourselves with, the material that we consume with our eyes, with our ears, you know, the, the spaces that we're in as well. So you can apply that to like a lot of different areas of your life. And for me, that have really meant that I've just given my life like a huge overhaul, especially because of this Epstein-Barr virus is that, you know, I used to train six times a week. Now I haven't trained for two months. Like I just had my first training session back this morning and nothing in me was like, right, it's got to get back to it now, you know, now that I'm feeling a bit better. No, I'm like, I don't need to work out every single day. And it was another crotch that I had created a story around where I was thinking, I need to work out every single day because I know that it creates serotonin and happy hormones in my body that I need in order to feel happy all day long. And so now, well, my happy hormones is like going out into nature where I'm from and that makes me feel good and I'm sweet, you know, and not to talk about weight, but in the beginning of this, I was terrified about like, well, not working out for two months and you still want me to eat all this food, you know, like with the practitioners that I was working with, I was like, I'm going to go back to like my eating disorder. But it was also such a beautiful testament to proving to myself how far I've come with my head Mm. and my body and everything and surrendering to the faith that my body would heal if I gave it the opportunity to heal itself. Mm. And the my body is just changing in ways that I never thought it would and I'm not doing anything (laughs) like I'm sitting down for most of the day and my arms are toned and like yeah okay my butt is probably like a little bit lower than what it used to be but you know like I'm just feeling good in my body and I'm not doing anything and it's just incredible when we really start to like shed all these things that we tell ourselves that we need in order to feel good how good you can actually feel on the other side of all these things yeah yeah I love that I love that and it you've nailed it you know and it's really this word need um our mind holds on to what we need our body actually knows what we need Mm. it doesn't tell us what we need (laughs) it gives us what we need if we can trust it um and you know again I'd say the same like question everything Mm. um if you have to do something if you need something question it question it you know like have a look into it do you really um because the other crazy thing another brilliant book you've probably read but another crazy thing that 
is it's kind of like a chicken and an egg thing. Like if you think you need exercise to feel happy yeah. and all you're doing is telling your mind that and your mind goes, okay, like a puppy dog, I need exercise to feel happy. So if I don't have exercise, I don't feel happy. Right. So then it goes away, you know, um, the biology of belief by um, Bruce Lipton, mind blowing, you know, like our beliefs govern our body. They switch genes on and off. They have yeah. so much to do with um, how we experience our life. So yeah. I love that. Question yeah. everything. Question everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the same thing like even Joe Dispenza is talking about, right? It's like what we think and the things that we tell ourselves every single day and like what we can actually create when we tell ourselves good things is incredible. Like the mind have got a different life that we can really utilize for our greater good instead of letting it limit us you know but it's 100 percent way you use it right 100 percent. and look the other thing that we've put way too much um uh you know so to wait invested way too much in the mind mm. i know this sounds crazy but the thing is the mind is a puppy dog that exists on this material plane yeah. our energy like from a quantum physics point of view like we exist on so many planes yeah. there's plenty of planes yeah. and we have you know, it's scientifically proven that we have higher intelligence. There is so much more than the mind. Yeah. So, you know, go even to take it out of the, the scientific realm, like Elizabeth Gilbert talks about this all the time, like put the ego in the passenger seat. That's yeah. where the mind belongs. It's, yeah. it's a guide. It's, you know, bless your ego. She's here. She's trying to keep you safe. She's doing the best she can with what she's got, <laughs> but she doesn't know what's best for you. It's mm. just a suggestion. And I really believe that, that, when we question what we tell ourselves, when we question our beliefs, what beliefs, when we start to trust that inherent knowing with inside of us, then things can really shift. But the, the real thing is trust, you know, and trust is connected to love. Like if you trust yourself, you love yourself. And so many people have a gap between the ability to love themselves, um, let alone trust themselves. So this is where our journey really needs to start for everybody is just to love and accept who we are, wherever we are, mm. um, and, you know, go from go from there. Yeah, completely. Absolutely. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Caroline. It's been so much fun. Thank you for sticking around. It's been a bit longer oh, than... No, of course. I loved our conversation. It was so good. Awesome. Awesome. All right, then, everybody, uh, thank you so much for joining and I will see you on the next podcast. Thanks, everyone, for being here all the way to the end of the podcast. I hope you got lots of value out of it. I certainly had a lot of fun doing it. Could I please ask that you share this podcast with friends if you found it valuable? And also, bonus points, could you leave a review for me as well on Apple? It would be greatly appreciated. If at any point you would like to be on the podcast or you've got questions that you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, by all means, get on my socials and DM me. Everything you need is there in the show notes. Have an awesome day. Bye for now.